Hey, faithful listener, grab your cup of coffee and experience the Bible in a way you never have before. P40 Ministries is a podcast that goes through the Bible cover to cover. It's an awesome narrative that focuses your mind and prepares your heart for God to speak. So join your host, Jen, for a biblical podcast that's hilarious, informative, imaginative, and fun. The P40 Ministries podcast. Listen now as we go through the book of Leviticus. Hello and good morning, friends and faithful listeners. You've tuned into the P40 Ministries podcast. And hi, I'm Jen. I'm the host of the P40 Ministries podcast. And you know what? I never told you guys happy February. (laughs) It's been February now for a couple days, but I never said happy February to you guys. And um, fun fact, February is a very hard word for me. February. (laughs) All right, let's go ahead and talk about Leviticus chapter 8 verses 1 through 21. We're going to be moving on a little bit more into the book of Leviticus and talking about this uh, consecration thing that happens with Aaron and with his sons. Aaron was now supposed to become the high priest, and then Aaron's sons were supposed to become the priests. Finally, this is taking place. There was a brief mention of it, I believe, at the end of Exodus, but now we're kind of going back and really talking about this entire consecration, basically, uh, with Aaron and his sons. So let's see what the Bible has to say. I'll be reading out of the World English Bible or the W.E.B. For short, please feel free to read out of the version you like to read out of or whatever your favorite version is. And also tell me what your favorite version is. My favorite version is actually the NLT version. I love that one. But I know a lot of people really like the ESV version. And I'm very curious as to what you guys enjoy. So email me. You can find my email address on the contact page of p40ministries.com. Go over to the contact. And yeah, you can just uh, fill that out and contact me directly. All right, let's go ahead and read Leviticus chapter 8, verses 1 through 21. Yahweh spoke to Moses saying, Take Aaron and his sons with him, and the garments, and the anointing oil, and the bowl of the sin offering, and the two rams, and the basket of unleavened bread, and assemble all the congregation at the door of the tent of meeting. Moses did as Yahweh commanded him, and the congregation was assembled at the door of the tent of meeting. Moses said to the congregation, This is the thing which Yahweh has commanded to be done. Moses brought Aaron and his sons and washed them with water. He put the tunic on him, tied the sash on him, clothed him with the robe, put the ephod on him, and he tied the skillfully woven band of the ephod on him and fastened it to him with it. He placed the breastplate on him, and he put the Urim and the Thummim in the breastplate. He set the turban on his head, and he set the golden plate, the holy crown, on the front of the turban as Yahweh commanded Moses. Moses took the anointing oil and anointed the tabernacle and all that was in it and sanctified them. He sprinkled it on the altar seven times and anointed the altar and all of its vessels and the basin and its base to sanctify them. He poured some of the anointing oil on Aaron's head and anointed him to sanctify him. Moses brought Aaron's sons and clothed them with the tunics and tied sashes on them and put headbands on them as Yahweh commanded Moses. He brought the bull of the sin offering and Aaron and his sons laid their hands on the head of the bull of the sin offering. He killed it and Moses took the blood and put it around on the horns of the altar with his finger and purified the altar and poured out the blood at the base of the altar and sanctified it to make atonement for it. 
He took all the fat that was on the innards and the cover of the liver and the two kidneys and their fat and Moses burned it on the altar. But the bull and its skin and its meat and its dung he burned with fire outside the camp as Yahweh commanded Moses. He presented the ram of the burnt offering and Aaron and his sons laid their hands on the head of the ram. He killed it and Moses sprinkled the blood around the altar. He cut the ram into its pieces, and Moses burned the head and the pieces and the fat. And he washed the innards and the legs with water, and Moses burned the whole ram on the altar. It was a burnt offering for a pleasant aroma. It was an offering made by fire to Yahweh, as Yahweh commanded Moses. So in the next chapter, we're going to see very soon, at the end of this entire consecration ceremony, which actually lasted for seven days, by the way, like this was a long, long process that these priests had to go through in order to become holy and they had to stay holy for seven days in other words they had to be ceremonially pure and they lived inside of that tent of meeting for seven whole days which we'll find out later on but right here this is finally happening once god goes through all of the different uh sacrifices that people were supposed to do and there were i believe seven or six of them. The first one was the burnt offering. The second one was the grain offering. The third one was the peace offering. The fourth one was the sin offering. The fifth one was the guilt offering. And then there was a, a wave offering and a heave offering. So yeah, there were seven offerings. And we went through each and every one of them and what each and every one of them meant individually. And they were all different except for the guilt and the sin offering were basically the same. But besides those ones, they were pretty much all different and all for different intentions. So basically, once God is done with all the rules of the uh, different offerings, this is now when this ceremony for the high priest and the priest takes place. Because the most important thing that God wanted for the Israelite nation was for them to be cleansed of their sins, right? And that's what had to happen through the blood of these animals. And so this is what would happen before Jesus came back. The people would have to be cleansed through the blood of an innocent sacrifice, which was the animal. Now, of course, when Jesus came, he fulfilled every single one of those different sacrifices that we talked about. Uh, we just talked about that, I think, on Wednesday. And Jesus fulfilled every single sacrifice. Now, we don't have to do those sacrifices anymore. We can basically just pray to Jesus and be like, Jesus, please forgive me of my sins. And then Jesus will talk to the Father and the Father will forgive our sins. That is pretty much how it happens, which is really cool for us. Because now we don't have to follow the Old Testament law of sacrifices anymore. Still important to know them, still imp important to remember them and to study them because we can see how Jesus was able to fulfill everything, how we went wrong from the beginning. Because if we didn't have the law, we wouldn't know where we were going wrong. We would have no clue because God gave us the law so that we would know that we were sinning, which was the importance of the law. And then Jesus came right at the right time which is what uh, Jay Warner Wallace was talking about when he came on the podcast. Jesus came at the exact right moment for us to have our sins taken away. So now with this whole high priest ceremony and the priest ceremony, this is the most important thing. The first thing that needs to be done first was to have a high priest in place so that the people could be forgiven of their sins. Because before Jesus, people needed a high priest because the high priest would go and talk to God. The high priest was the only one who was able to talk to God, at least until um, things started getting so bad at the time of Jesus that the high priest 
at the time of Jesus was actually a kind of terrible guy. But back at this time, the high priest was the one who would who would basically take away the the sins of the people in a sense by interceding for them by performing these sacrifices by talking to God for the people. We already saw that Moses did this. He interceded for the people uh, when they sinned against God so greatly when they did that whole golden calf thing that Moses, who was the high priest at the time, uh, interceded on behalf of the people and God forgave the people because of Moses. So we see that a high priest is very important. And so now God is like, this needs to be done. This is the ceremony and do it. So Moses does it. He finally gets Aaron and the sons and performs the ceremony. So the first thing that needed to be done was the sons and Aaron need to be washed with water. And in fact, some people actually translate this as being immersed in water. They think that Aaron and uh, the sons actually had to be immersed in water. And what's that remind you of? Baptism. So baptism nowadays is basically the immersion of, of us in water. And then when we come out, we are made a new person. That is the point of baptism. It is literally expressing your faith to people nowadays. And I love Baptism Sunday. I absolutely love Baptism Sunday. It's so fun. And we sometimes go over to uh, the lake. We'll have baptisms in the lake and in the beach. And the people are all like watching. You know, the people that are on the beach are actually watching these baptisms get done. And I think that's really fun. I love that. But yeah, I mean, baptism is, is an expression of faith. You go underneath the water, which represents burial or death. And then when you come out of the water, that represents life, the life that God gives you the life that Jesus gave you when he conquered death and death is over and done with. But also it's a symbol of being cleansed from sins because water cleans. Water has always cleaned. And so the representation of Aaron and his sons being cleansed with water, even immersed in water, is showing that they are being cleansed of their sins. And of course, we see later on Jesus, who is our high priest now, which is what Hebrews says, he went through baptism, didn't he? And so baptism was almost him fulfilling the law in a way by him being uh, immersed in water like the high priests here in the Old Testament had to do. And that was a necessary step for Jesus to become our high priest and fulfill the law in that way. And it's just so cool how how deep scripture really goes. And yeah, I mean, Jesus, once again, he went and got baptized. He got immersed in water and he is now our high priest. So the next thing that needed to be done in, in verse seven was the clothing was supposed to be put on the high priest, Aaron, and then Aaron's sons, the priests. So it's supposed to be the tunic, the sash. Well, this was for only the high priest, the tunic, the sash, and the robe. And then the ephod, the skillfully woven band of the ephod, the breastplate, the urim and the thummim, and then the turban, uh, as well as the holy crown, was to be placed on his head. We went through and talked about each individual item a long time ago when we first talked about how the skilled workmen and workwomen were actually making this stuff. And we talked about the significance of each individual item. But one thing that was common knowledge back in these days were, were that these items were supposed to be for the priests for not only glory, but for beauty. They were supposed to show the holiness of the priest because the priest was the only one that was really allowed to wear clothes like this. In fact, he was the only one allowed to wear clothes like this. And it was set apart for the priest and for the high priest to wear beautiful clothing like this. And I, I mean, of course, people could wear pretty clothing. But when it came to this stuff, I mean, this 
this stuff was elaborate. It was gorgeous. It was beautiful. He had a crown on his head and the crown said holy to God, I believe. And the turban and everything. This was all supposed to be showing how the high priest was set apart and how he was wearing gorgeous clothing that signified royalty. Because remember the blue and the purple and the red dyes back in those days, very expensive. People couldn't get their hands on that stuff super easily. So yeah, I mean, that stuff signified royalty. And of course, if we're translating that to Jesus being our high priest, he was a royal person. He was holy to God and he is crowned as our high priest. And of course, the crown that says holy to God, Jesus is in fact holy to God. So I mean, all this stuff just points to Jesus as our high priest nowadays as well. So then after this, it says that um, Moses took the anointing oil and he anointed the tabernacle and all that was in it and sanctified them. So we know that anointing oil back in Moses's day and age was very, very important. In fact, people used it as body oil. They used it as like a beauty regiment. And they um, would even sometimes anoint people that came over for dinner. So anointing was a big thing back in Moses's day. But anointing was even more significant because we find out later on that anointing is a sign of the Holy Spirit. So when Moses is going and anointing everything, because it says that he anointed literally everything, he anointed the, uh, the tabernacle and everything that was in it. It says that he anointed the altar and all of its vessels and the basin and its base. And he then poured some of the anointing oil on Aaron's head to signify that Aaron was becoming holy. And then, of course, on the heads of the sons of Aaron, who are to become the priests, he also anointed them. Another time we see anointing in the Old Testament is when kings became kings. The high priest would go and anoint the kings. Now, of course, this wasn't until like first and second Samuel that kings started happening. But when Saul became a king, he got anointed by Samuel. And then when David became a king, he also got anointed by Samuel, which was showing that uh, the, the kings were actually getting God's spirit. In fact, it says that it says that when Saul got anointed, he got God's spirit. He was a uh, you know, a part of God because kings were supposed to rule the people. They're supposed to lead the people in the correct way to go. And we see later on that when the king started disobeying the law and disobeying basically God, that Israel just became worse and worse and worse and worse. And even God's spirit got taken away from some of those people like Saul. But if we're talking about being anointed with the Holy Spirit, when Jesus got baptized, he was anointed with the Holy Spirit when he came up out of the water. The Holy Spirit descended on him. In other words, he became anointed with the Holy Spirit. But moving forward into Leviticus more, it talks about how the next thing that was supposed to be done were the different sin offerings. And honestly, I don't think I have to go into this too much because we talk so much about uh, the offerings and what they all signify. And I already explained how Jesus was these offerings. So we can see that, uh, Jesus fulfilled it in this way as well. And of course, he is our high priest. But the cool thing about this, and I think the thing I really want to hit home, is that this ceremony that was in the Old Testament, Jesus did all this stuff in a way. Like this ceremony was also on Jesus. He fulfilled it. He became that perfect high priest. You know, he was he was immersed in the water. He was anointed with the Holy Spirit. And of course, 
the clothing that Jesus wore, we even see that he wore a seamless piece of clothing, which in fact was um, was the tunic. The tunic was supposed to be literally seamless in the Old Testament, the tunic that the high priest wore. And then when Jesus got crucified, we see that he also wore a tunic that was completely, uh, it didn't have any seams in it. It was just woven all the way around. Even that is signifying how Jesus was wearing the clothing of a high priest in a sense, which I think is super cool. You know, you can see so much uh, symbolism and so much evidence of how Jesus became our high priest and went through this ceremony in a sense, maybe a little bit different than uh, how it was done in the Old Testament. But Jesus went through the high priest ceremony and is in fact our high priest. But of course, back in these days, everything that was done was foreshadowing the perfect high priest. But of course, everything here that was done in the Old Testament is also just symbolizing how these high priests needed to be set apart. They needed to be different. They needed to be holy and how they had to be leaders of their people, which is the big thing. But to conclude talking about these different offerings, it says that Aaron and the sons laid their hands on the offering, which was literally symbolically placing their sins onto the animal. And it says that uh, Moses killed the animal and presented it as a complete and total burnt offering, a burnt sacrifice. And none of it was eaten, but the part that didn't get burned, for example, the dung and the skin of the bull, all that stuff, Moses took outside of the camp and burned it there, signifying, once again, the removal of sin from the camp. You know, sin's supposed to be far away. It's not supposed to be near the priest. It's not supposed to be in the camp. It's supposed to be gone, burned elsewhere. Like even Jesus, he was taken outside of the city to be hung on the cross. He was not hung inside the city. And so, yeah, I truly believe that all of this stuff that we are reading back in these days is just so symbolic of Jesus. And that is, I think, the most important way we can look at the Old Testament is by saying, how can we see Jesus in this? Friends, I hope you enjoyed this episode and that it spoke to you. And if it did, share it on your social media platforms, like and subscribe to the podcast and write a review because reviews help the P4E Ministries podcast get found by more people. But friends and faithful listeners, I really appreciate all you guys. And you know, my podcast was nominated for a Spark Fan Award, which I'm really excited about. And if you guys want to support the podcast, you can just go over and vote for P40 Ministries for Best Solo Podcast. And I'm excited about that. I'm going to go attend that uh, award ceremony. But it's also going to be a great conference that is for podcasting. And hopefully I can learn a lot of new stuff for you guys and improve the P40 Ministries podcast, which is what I'm looking forward to the most, is just learning new stuff of how to podcast better. But anyway, guys, have a fantastic weekend, and I hope to see you back bright and early Monday morning. Happy listening, and God bless.